Welcome, everybody. Randy Weddle here. You are listening to the Creation Anew podcast, and I'm so glad that you're with me. I'm the pastor of Community Church of Mooresville, located in Mooresville, Indiana, and I'm also the pastor of Mount Pleasant Christian Church, located in the great town of Hall, Indiana. And I'm, I'm just glad that you're with me today. If this is your first time, welcome. If this is your not, uh, if this is, <laughs> I got my words mixed up. If this is not your first time, uh, welcome. Uh, I'm glad that you're here. And uh, I, uh, I, well, let's just get on with things. I'm sitting here stuttering uh, like I've never done a podcast before. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we are going to do a series of episodes um, about tyrants and God. Specifically, we're going to talk about tyrants versus God. So uh, when I was a kid, uh, on Saturday nights, we would have uh, this TV show called Science Fiction Theater. And uh, science fiction theater would uh, would usually show. I mean, they showed different types of movies, but my favorite were the Godzilla movies. Um, and the reason you, I liked I liked Godzilla because you know I was a kid. I was a I was a male child. Uh, I loved Godzilla, and uh, it was a great way to watch something kind of scary, but also uh, you know something kind of goofy and zany. Anyway. The reason why I bring that up is because many Godzilla movies had Godzilla uh, against another monster. And they would usually be titled like Godzilla versus the Smog Monster or Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Can you tell that I've seen a few Godzilla movies? Oh, okay, good. My reason for, say, for even mentioning Godzilla is just as Godzilla would, would battle with another monster. God and tyrants have battled over the years. So you can think of this series as tyrants versus God. Okay? Now, the nature of mankind is one in which we love to control one another. That is uh, part of the, the sin nature. It, uh, I, I am convinced that it was not a part of the original uh, design. Now, there's a difference between governing and controlling. Okay, so with governing, uh, a good example of governing would be a loving relationship. So you have a parent and a child. The parent is responsible to govern the child. In other words, to set down rules that are for the benefit of the child. And those rules must be, they, I don't want to say fair, they must be just. Well, the difference between governing and tyranny is that tyranny goes off a different type of, of system. Uh, tyrants will go under a system of control. And control is bad. That's when you are, uh, you know, 
you are controlling another person. And let me think of, of uh, uh, a way uh, a way to set this off. Let's say kidnapping. That would be a way to control another person. Um, you know, holding somebody hostage. That is a way to control someone. Uh, forcing someone to do something that is wrong that would be against their will. That would be tyranny. That would be controlling. Okay, uh, uh, manipulation would be another word that would come up. Now, controlling another person, I believe, is unbiblical because it usually involves harming the other person. It involves fear. It involves um, it involves invoking your will or your um, your ethics upon another person. Now, it's one thing to advise people and to say, um, you know, I, I think that you should do this. I think this is the right thing to do, and here's why. That's one thing. It's another to say, I am going to set up rules based on my ethics, and I'm going to force you to, to, to do them. Okay. By the way, God does not even do that. He doesn't do that. Uh, for those of you that are listening to me that are not believers, God doesn't force his will upon you. You can choose to rebel. You can choose to not believe. You can choose to live however you want. Just as long as you're willing to face the consequences of, of those actions. But God doesn't force you to do anything. Tyrants will force people. They impose their will in that manner. Okay. Now, my example breaks down with um, with governing like parent to child um, in the fact that there are times whenever parents must invoke their will upon a child. A child doesn't always know what is best for them. Okay. So that's where the example kind of breaks down. Uh, but when we're talking about where we're talking about a ruler of people, a ruler of people who have their own minds and their their own interests and things like that when you start controlling an adult then you start becoming a tyrant control and manipulation are not a part of a biblical relationship with another person so let's set down some um, some definition here to a tyrant a tyrant is someone who rules other people by arbitrary, you know, or kind of, you know, just off the cuff type of things. Um, rules that just come up for no reason or make no sense. And as my mind is going here, I'm thinking of our world right now. Uh, recently, I sat in a restaurant um, where, you know, I have to wear a mask to come in over a virus that is 99.98% recoverable. 
and the, you you can't sit very close to people and we've got these these uh, partitions now in restaurants here in the United States and but beside my partition right beside other people there's like a four inch gap in in the uh, in the partition like a virus can't go through that gap that would be arbitrary we're setting up rules that really are not sensical okay so a tyrant will rule by arbitrary means um, a, a tyrant a tyrant will will rule by means of of no control there's no in other words there's no uh, oversight over the ruler the ruler uh, a tyrant is is someone who is um, is kind of like the supreme being in the lives of people now you may think well you know some people may need that but you know what never ever 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 does God endorse a tyrant never because what that tyrant does is he's setting himself up above God and many times we see in history where you'll have a ruler that gets out of control and arbitrary and soon they start presenting the government as God one of the reasons why uh, my uh, I get bristled up over a lot of the executive orders that have been happening in the happening in the United States is in my personal opinion many of our rulers act as though they can't cross the street by themselves I'm not saying they can't I'm saying they act like it their ethics their morals and their thinking are arbitrary but yet they seem to know what's best for us but yet they don't do it themselves that would be an example of a tyrant case in point the governor of California shuts everything down threatens churches shuts off utilities to to people that don't follow the orders of being safe in a virus that has a 99.9% or excuse me 99.98% chance that you will not die from it he shuts things down you got to wear a mask you can't go outside you can do all that. but yet he goes to a restaurant without a mask uh, that would be a tyrant by the way that is unconstitutional and that would be tyranny that would be arbitrary ruling and that would be ruling without any oversight so I, I want to be very very specific because we can say oh you're a tyrant well we need to know what that means okay now it doesn't mean that rulers can't be um, they can't be harsh I mean the Bible says that governments wield a sword as his minister okay so governments do have they have the responsibility to uphold just laws and to uphold godly laws and if those laws are broken then the government under God's authority has the right to punish those who break the law 
And a, a basic example would be murder. God says don't murder. If you have a good government, a good government will uphold that standard of don't murder. And if you don't murder, or if you do murder, you're going to be punished. Okay. Now I try, yeah, you know, I try not to get. I can't say that I try. I'm not trying to make a whole bunch of episodes of of political things. And I want to get us back to what we were originally talking about, and that is, we're going to look at tyrants who battle God, and we're going to see how they come out. But we need to know what a tyrant is, and that's what I'm trying to do here. Now, when you have, when you have somebody that.、Um, Is an absolute who who wields absolute rule. They start thinking of themselves as a deity. They start thinking of themselves as God, and many of them will demand worship as God, obedience as God deserves. And that usually ends up because you've got a sinful heart that is also that is that is all of a sudden thinking that they are deity. What you get in that kind of of control,、uh, that kind of ruling, is you usually have cruelty and injustice. The reason why is the human heart is incapable of wielding absolute control. That that may be a great reason why God sets up families to have two parents. Sometimes the mom needs to talk sense. Into the dad, and the dad needs to talk sense into mom and how they rule their household. So the human heart can't; it just simply can't handle、um, being、uh, in absolute authority. And the beauty of of a government is where you have oversight from one part of the government to the other. A tyrant. Will soon be controlling everything in your life. Well, that certainly was the case with a group of people called the Hebrews. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at the first battle. Now, I can't say the first battle. I can think of one other, but the first battle that we're going to talk about. And that is the battle between the Egyptian Pharaoh and God. So let's take a break, and then we're going to come back. Okay, guys, we're talking、uh, about. Well, in the last segment, we talked and defined、uh, tyranny or t- a tyrant,、uh, because our topic、uh, for the next、uh, at least few episodes will be tyrants versus God. So we're we're setting up and observing what the Bible says about tyrants and God, and how tyrants battle against God, and how they come out. Okay, and it probably won't take too long before you will see a pattern develop. <laughs> You're going to see a pattern develop, and so 
let's let's go ahead uh, and and talk about this. The 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 first tyrant that I want to present before you that decided to shake his fist at God is a tyrant by the name of Pharaoh. Okay, now th- we're talking about the story of Moses and Moses leading the Hebrews out of Egypt because God was calling them to be a nation of their own. Now, the situation was, if you go back into Genesis, that uh, Joseph served Pharaoh, had a great relationship with the Pharaoh of that time, but that Pharaoh died, Joseph died, and and rulers coming down the pike, um, really, well, there was one particular ruler, the ruler that we're going to talk about in the book of Exodus, the Pharaoh there, really didn't know much about Joseph. And he started looking at the Hebrews who were living in Egypt at the time. He started looking at them as a threat, thinking they're multiplying and uh, goodness, they may take us over. So Pharaoh started treating the Hebrews very cruelly and he was making them work harder and harder. And they eventually, the Hebrews were basically slaves. And that's, that is a tactic of tyrants. They want to control people. They want to manipulate people. And certainly Pharaoh is doing that. Well, years had passed and God said, it's time. I'm going to lead my people and, and pull them out of Egypt. So God is pulling the Hebrews out of Egypt and he sends Moses to give this message. And um, Pharaoh really didn't liken, uh, he didn't take too kindly to the message. And I want to read to you from Exodus 5.1. Um, let's go, for, let's see here. We're, we're going to start at Exodus chapter 5 and uh, probably the first four verses. So let me read this to you. And afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice, to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, The God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go a three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise, he will fall upon us with pestilence and with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Get back to your labors. And the verse that I want to point out here is this verse it was verse 2 of Exodus 5 where Pharaoh says who is the Lord that I should should obey his voice and then he goes on and he says I do not know the Lord and I will not let Israel go now we can cut Pharaoh some slack here maybe he didn't know about the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob Although I'm going to guess that he probably knew something because there were records in Israel. 
and I'm going to guess that he could probably go back into history. So I think Pharaoh may have been a little disingenuous here. But nonetheless, he says, oh, who is this God? And you see, the Pharaohs were considered God. The, the Pharaoh himself would have presented himself as a God. Um, there were other gods in Egypt, but Pharaoh was certainly um, deified. Okay. And that's what you'll find a lot with tyrants, is they think they are the absolute rule. And that was what was going on with Pharaoh. He thought that he was it and that he could call the shots. Well, over the course of time, God was, uh, was showing Pharaoh who was boss. And make, make no mistake, when you go through the book of Exodus, this is a battle not between Moses and Pharaoh. This is a battle between God and Pharaoh. Pharaoh is fighting God. There were many chances where Pharaoh was was given an opportunity to let the Hebrew people go, and he wouldn't do it. And there were times uh, there were like there were like these ten plagues, and each one just kind of they kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse up until the point where the last plague. God takes out the firstborn. Anybody that didn't have um, sacrificial lamb's blood on their doorpost, they, they lost their firstborn child. So God was showing Pharaoh, look, just do what I say, and no one, you know, no, no one will come away hurt from this, if you will. But Pharaoh wouldn't listen, and he didn't obey God. And God was, he kept trying to put pressure on Pharaoh. Pharaoh's heart would not change. In fact, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And here is my theory on that. God is God, and he can do with people whatever he wants. And he's totally just. So whatever he does with people is totally just. And if he wanted to harden Pharaoh's heart in order to use Pharaoh as an example, that is perfectly fine on God's part. It's perfectly just to do that. And people may bristle up and say, well, he didn't give Pharaoh a chance. Guess what? We people are the ones that disobeyed God. We broke his rules. He was kind enough to create man out of the dust of the earth, and we had the audacity to shake our fist at him and to rebel against him and to go away from him. Um, the fact that God even lets us live is an act of mercy. And the fact that Jesus Christ goes on in history and sacrifices himself to save people that's an act of mercy you see you don't want justice with god because justice means he would wipe you out for your sins you want mercy so for god to use if he if he was well and and the scriptures do say that he was hardening pharaoh's heart i think he was using pharaoh as 
he, he was going to use him as an example, not only to the Hebrews, not only to the Egyptians, but to the whole world at that time, that God is the true God, not Pharaoh. And, and Egypt was pretty doggone powerful at this point in time. So let's jump to Exodus chapter 14. So what we've gone through is we've gone through the 10 plagues, Pharaoh being somewhat broken, finally lets the children of Israel go. But then he changes his mind after they leave. So the, the Israelites, the Hebrews are, are moving on out of Egypt and one last time, Pharaoh says, you know what, I don't think I'm going to let him go. And he starts going after the Hebrews. And we come to a point where it's a showdown. The Hebrews come to the Red Sea. And they're caught between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. And you know the story if you've read, if you've read Exodus where God parts the Red Sea. And it says in the scriptures that the Hebrews went through safely, but things didn't go too well for, for Pharaoh's armies. And when we, uh, when we go over to, to uh, Exodus chapter 14, we see what happens here. Now, let me get over there myself. I'm in Exodus 14. And let's see here. I, this is live. So I, 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 I thought I knew exactly where I was going to go. Exodus 14, 16. Let me give you a little bit more context here. God is talking to Moses. And he says, as for you, lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the sons of Israel shall go through the midst of the sea on dry land. As for me, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will be honored through Pharaoh and his army through his chariots and his horsemen. And we see there in verse 17, you see the gist of this battle. The battle between Pharaoh and God comes down to this. Pharaoh is going to honor God. God is going to use Pharaoh and Pharaoh's armies to be honored. Now, let's go back real quick you know, some people may still be smarting over what I said about, you know, God hardening Pharaoh's hearts. Well, here we see where he hardens the hearts of the Egyptians. By the way, God is God. He knows everything. And if he hardens somebody's hearts, he knows that they will never, ever believe in him. Okay? We have to think in terms of how God is. We need to remember his attributes. He knows everything. So, if he is hardening somebody's heart, it's not because he just, you know, is cruel. He's hardening people's hearts because he could give them a billion years to trust him. They never will. That was the case with Pharaoh and his, his armies. Verse 18 of Exodus 14. 
Then the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I am honored through Pharaoh, through his chariots and his horsemen. Aha! Here's the battle. It's the battle between the true God and someone that says they're God. It's the battle between created man and the Almighty. And what happens here is, and if you know the story, the the Hebrews go through, the Egyptians get into the sea, and God closes up the sea. Pharaoh has been defeated. And as far as I know, Pharaoh, um, we don't know if he ever became a follower of the true God. He may have later on. We just don't know. But at this time, he was not going to follow God. And God was using him as a tool. But Exodus 14, 18 says something, again, very interesting. And this is the point. The tyrant Pharaoh was used like a tool in the hands of God. And make no mistake, I am positive that Pharaoh, after the incident at the Red Sea, he had to have said, Ugh, there's, there, this God is the high God. The Egyptians certainly knew that God was God that he is the Lord of all. Now, whether they bowed their knees to him, I don't know. But with tyrants, we see, and we, specifically with the tyrant Pharaoh, we see something. They're used as a tool in God's hands. And they're used to ultimately give honor to God. Now, they may be uh, unwilling. Uh, <laughs> they may not be, be willing to be used. But ultimately, God will show tyrants who is God. Now, I don't say that necessarily to say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that you know, Pharaoh um, or Pharaoh's armies died. That would, what a terrible way to die. It's not gloating in the destruction of a tyrant. It's gloating in the power of God and that God is just. Remember our definition of a tyrant is someone who uses arbitrary or uncontrolled ruling which usually ends up being cruel and unjust. I guarantee you that Pharaoh knew who the true God was. He may have not bowed his knee to the true God, but he knew. And that's one of the things we need to know when tyrants shake their fist at God 
and they think that they are God, they're eventually going to hit a wall. A wall that God puts in front of them to say, um, there is a true God, but you are not it. Now we're going to talk more about this and, and we're, we're, you know, uh, I don't think this is going to be an extensive study. We're sp- simply looking at scriptural uh, tyrants. We could certainly look at tyrants outside of the Bible, and I would have, uh, I, I believe, a strong argument to show you that eventually they know who the true God is. Now, I, I'm going to guess that the tyrants that aren't mentioned in the Bible, okay? No, I'm, I'm not going to guess. I know. Those who have died, they absolutely are positively sure who the true God is because they've met him. And it didn't go well for them. It didn't go well for Pharaoh either. All right, guys. Hey, that's the first timer that we're looking at here. I'm so glad that you listened to me. If you have questions, you can write to me. My email address is randy at creationanew.com. Go and visit creationanew.com. That's the website, and you're going to find uh, all kinds of things there. And you can look us up on Facebook, and um, you know, as long as Facebook will have us, uh, I, I guess we'll be there. Um, uh, Facebook is a tool, uh, as far as I'm concerned, and when they don't want us, then we'll move on. But um, you can go to Facebook and look us up uh, at uh, the the old things can pass away. Go to creationanew.com. You can write to me. And I want to thank you for joining me for this time. Um, And thank you for your support. I I ask that you would pray for this ministry. I ask that you would tell others about this ministry. And uh, if you do give a monetary um, gift to this ministry, I ask on, on the condition that you're taking care of your family and you take care of your home church first. You take care of those places first, and then if you want to give monetarily to Creation Anew, you're more than welcome to do that. So I appreciate you all. Thank you so much for listening, and we will be back, uh, Lord willing, very, very soon. We're going to talk about another tyrant. All right? Take care. Bye-bye.